Welcome to the New Habits Podcast, where executives and MVPs from Microsoft Partners discuss the Microsoft Teams application and its use in enterprises. Welcome to the latest edition of the New Habits Podcast. Uh, this is Paul Schaefline, along with our co-hosts, Susie Dean and Wes Hackett. How are you folks today? Good. Good, thank you. Energized. Energized because we are recording shortly after as Ignite 2020 wraps up. And uh, Wes, I know you have participated in a couple of sessions. Uh, what's your feedback on the conference? Yeah, it's been a really long day today for me, actually. I was up at uh, 3.30 a.m. this morning uh, to do the first of the Ask the Experts for the Microsoft Graph um, session that Yina and Mike Hamelan did. Um, we had a good attendance in, in that session, some really interesting questions about how to uh, use things like the graph connectors, obviously with the the introduction of um, SharePoint syntax and the idea of bringing in external data into the graph to, to bolster your knowledge network. Um, and then there was about an hour gap and we had a second for a different time zone, second uh, rerun of that session. So another Ask the Expert. Um, so slightly different panel of experts on each. I was lucky enough to, to be part of uh, both sessions, different questions, second time. Um, so I, I really like the format actually of those Ask the Expert sessions because often at the end of a like a full breakout, when you have the questions, there tends to be one or two uh, quite specific or niche questions and it's not always related to the content that you've just presented so it was quite nice to nice as a format to actually have that q a uh, through the live meeting um so it's quite good and then obviously there's been some really really huge announcements um in in the various keynotes over this week and i, I know we're going to uh, going to talk in more detail Yes, but I don't know that we can cover them all in one bite. So this episode, we will focus a bit on Microsoft Teams enhancements to start with. Uh, the the big one, I think, for for wide use is the whole together mode and layouts and stuff. And so I know that uh, Microsoft was quite proud of the together mode as part of the NBA playoffs that they were doing. But uh, Susie, what's your take on this together mode and and this you know, during the in-meeting experience for, for participants? I, I think there have been, a, you know, I say energised uh, is, is how I feel following Ignite. Uh, and, and I really do mean that. I think the um, enhancements that have been made to Teams um, recently and, and that are due for release now are um, uh, come as a sign of brilliant leadership, uh, really, from Jeff Teeper and co, because they really speak to quality over quantity. You know, they're delivering in the areas that I think we've all been in meetings and we've thought, wow, I really wish that you could do that thing. Uh, and they're virtually all there. So um, the, the thing, I was actually on a Teams call earlier today um, telling one of um, our colleagues that soon you're going to have one-to-one -one meeting recording so that you can just hit record when you're in a one-to-one -one conversation. And it was there. It was already there. So we actually recorded our conversation um, that we had just started in a very um, off-the-cuff way, uh, which was brilliant and, um, you know, great, not only because it was there and it was only announced a, a few days ago, um, but because... Previously, of course, we would have had to have scheduled a meeting in order to be able to record it. So um, that capability in particular uh, really allows for the impromptu, spontaneous, but very useful conversations to be captured, um, uh, especially, I think, when we're having planning and, and strategic conversations. 
for future use and the fact that um, that the Microsoft team have considered that in light of uh, and brought it into line with the ability you get when you record a group call um, in that you can transcribe, you can then search that recording, I think is brilliant. So not only is that feature available now in one-to-one, but it's got feature parity to um, what you would have in in a in an organised group call that you intended um, to record, but uh, Paul, you, you talked about together mode, and um, as you alluded to, uh, since COVID nineteen, Microsoft um, released. I think there were two together mode um, op- options. Um, one was the auditorium, and the other was the round table. Um, and they've now uh, announced uh, that there'll be more scenes uh, available. But the two particular things I really liked from the announcements uh, were that, firstly, one person can select that together mode for everybody, which is great because it will give that shared experience of the meeting. I think sometimes you get one or two people clicking into together mode and everybody else sticks with um, what they can see. So I think being able to decide upon a shared experience and and have that set for everybody is is very good. And the other thing is just something I noticed, but I did think it looked quite odd, was that you could end up with differences in scale of people's heads, depending on where, how close they were to the camera. And um, scaling and centering is going to be done automatically, which I think uh, is is really super because again if you're going to determine that's the experience everyone's going to have of the meeting it's nice not to think one person's sticking out more than another yeah i find it very interesting that there, what we thought was a remote meeting approach was fine and now that everyone's doing every meeting remotely it, it maybe there are some non-technical interpersonal type enhancements that have to happen so um, i like to see that as well well, it was in, it was interesting. It was interesting in the um, so the some of the main keynotes how obviously Microsoft have got a, a vast amount of telemetry that's just been generated from you know these billion meeting minutes and uh, you know pretty much nine to five sitting in Teams meetings now for some people and the. The, the the features that were being delivered to via teams were pretty much driven by whoever voted for the highest user voice and it was feature this and feature that and it wasn't very coherent and i think just to, to, to the point susie made about a, a big step change in what i can see as the leadership and direction for teams has just happened and and i think the senior team um at microsoft now you know it's it's a proper round of applause for that team i think the the real focus on the features that really impact people's experience really improve what are currently quite challenging conditions for many um in order to 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 bolster that connection connection with with the humans in your team um, and to allow us to continue to get the work done i mean together mode was a was a completely innovative response to large meetings you know zoom had gone let's just make a bigger grid and a bigger grid and a bigger grid and and microsoft came along and actually said what are we trying to do we're trying to enhance the experience for the team that are on this call these are some of the ideas and i think we saw again the next iteration coming through of that the variant sizes of you know you can have them around a counter you can have them in the auditorium you can have them in uh, different settings i think 
you, you know, it is it is really really exciting at the moment to see how Microsoft are responding to basically breaking the mold in some of these scenarios. They're not just going, how can we get more of the same? They're thinking about what does it what does it really mean to do this remote work and and the the the, the idea now of um, you know big focus on how you bring remote parties to a room full of people as a meeting that hybrid meeting i think they're calling it where you've got you know 10 people in a room spaced out obviously at the moment um and then you've got remote people who are trying to engage and i think that's a that's going to be um a really significant game changer for many many organizations because actually when you think about the global talent pool you know, we are now on a much more even footing for having teams anywhere in the world working with one another because you, you no longer have to rely on being physically sat next to somebody to, to, to be part of their team. So I think I'm, I'm really, really um, pleased to see that, this innovation from, from Microsoft. I mean, Teams is now, uh, you know, a few years old and when it launched, it was groundbreaking, but it was getting quite samey, right? We were all getting meetings features and it was more feature on feature on feature and now it's actually a real big step change in these last few months I, I, i'm almost inclined to suggest what's happened is good because it's the opposite of that i, I think when um teams was launched um of course you've had uh conversations chat um files then you had the ability to add in tabs uh, and it felt like there was lots of substantial new capability coming into the service that was quite confusing for a business person um and 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 meant uh, and I know that part part of the design by Microsoft is for this to become the UI on onto everything but you know, for me, I've never particularly cared much for that agenda because I, I think it, it can be too overwhelming for it for a business person. I always much preferred the slightly purist view of it's a collaboration area. It's where you go to work with people. And what I really like about the Ignite announcements is that it's just taken services that were sort of 90% there and topped them up to 100, which is always what I want. Um, from Microsoft, but I rarely get. So I feel like a kid in a sweet shop with some of these announcements. Uh, I'm just to give an example of another um, that came up. I, I thought was just great. It was that the um, announcement around custom layouts, which is where um, I could be presenting a PowerPoint deck, and those in the meeting will not have to choose between looking at my face or looking at the PowerPoint, but my face will be visible presenting in front of that PowerPoint so that you can see the content and the presenter rather than an either or, which is what we have now. So again, it's something that takes the 90%, great, you can present up to 100% because I can see the content and I can see the, the person presenting. So I really like what's happening because it feels like we're going for perfection and quality rather than quantity of capability, which as somebody that's much more on the business side, I find very overwhelming. So, so, so you mentioned you mentioned you know the the single pane of glass app. You know, Teams is becoming the single pane of glass. Um, what's your thoughts on the the SharePoint 
app that's the home app that's now going to be top left hand corner bringing the sharepoint intranet into teams well personally i'm not a fan but i bet you the vast majority of the tenants have already done that on their own so making it done by the folks who can do it right i think it's probably a good thing right the the if you give microsoft enough time they'll design an experience and and as susie said they get close and sometimes they hit a hundred percent so i think Better than us hacking away, putting the SharePoint internet on a tab, having it there is going to be appeal to some people. But that's just my thought on that. But speaking of SharePoint, there's one other SharePoint integration that I think is significant. It kind of relates to, to what you were talking about, how the leadership was innovating and doing not just the same old, but at one point where the same old just works. These meeting recordings are going to end up in a SharePoint document library which is going to then have all the metadata and compliance and security that we've known every other standard. So what's your thoughts on, on storing videos inside of SharePoint and managing them from there? I, um, I, when, when we, I, I was very fortunate to have a, have a, 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 a product group call, a, you know, a fair while ago where this was, was discussed. So it's great to be able to talk about it finally. I mean, I think the, I think the, the move there to use the whole power of SharePoint and to borrow their superpowers paradigm, you know, we've got all the guest access, we've got the, the data loss prevention, we've got the metadata, we've got the workflow with Power Automate, we've got all the mechanics we need to manage content in SharePoint. And it was always a shame that Stream had gone off on its own direction and lacked many of those capabilities. So this idea they've now given you videos hosted in, in team uh, SharePoint libraries, and if it's a, a, a non-team meeting, hosted in the OneDrive uh, storage uh, of the meeting organizer, you know, it makes it a file, which means Graph can see it, which means we can do things with it. So that we, we you know, we're not going to have to wait for some magic API to appear to be able to start doing some clever things with, with video content now. And I think the, um, the move, again, just driven by circumstance, the move to do virtual video recording to do, you know, 15 minutes of how-tos or recording of the meeting to take the notes of the meeting. You know, people don't, people are no longer sitting with moleskins around a, a six-person table. They're sitting with six laptops in six locations recording the meeting. So this is, I think, this is a really brilliant move. I've seen some concerns from, from certain parties about the um, tenant storage quota getting consumed by all of these meeting recordings. So I think there's, um, you know, there's going to come a tipping point where some, some in the ecosystem are going to have some decisions about retaining or moving into colder storage or some kind of other cheaper as your blob, um, some of the older meeting content. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was an amazing move, and, and and knowing some about something about the direction of the user experience that they're going, and they haven't shared everything at Ignite. Um, again, I would say watch this space. Um, it it is really really exciting what what the uh, stream team are planning um, around that experience. And before your before your thoughts, Susie, I just want to interject that this the folks are thinking, well, SharePoint never did videos very well, and Microsoft has said the stream team will be in charge of making sure that. SharePoint will render these videos the way we want them to. So uh, don't worry too much about that. So what was your thoughts again now, Susie? Well, I was just very pleased to see that 
end users weren't going to be lumped with yet a new user experience for externally sharing content. Um, you know, the, the, the common scenario um, that certainly our clients were butting up against was the recording of a Teams meeting, needing to share it externally, um, not being able to do that easily, needing to download it as, a, as an MP4 file, uploading it to OneDrive externally, you know, I mean, what a faff. Um, and the concern with Microsoft saying we're going to develop an experience that allows for easy sharing of Teams recordings somewhat filled me with dread because I thought, oh, that's going to be another new way of doing things being introduced. But the fact that they're going to use what's already there with SharePoint is is a huge relief because it's a pattern that people um will identify as being consistent across services. And that, that's really what we want when we're trying to do something, one way of doing it rather than 20. Well, you imagine, you imagine the opportunity now, um, you know, when you, when you look at some of the AI-driven capabilities that Azure and, and other platforms can give you around analysis of video and voice content, um, you know, the obvious stuff's already taken care of, things like the transcription and things like that. But, you know, I, I played around a, a year or so ago with, on a project with um, the video analysis where you could uh, place snippets of video through and it would basically tell you the objects that were in the video. And some of these things are coming out this sort of IoT arena. Uh, you know, drone footage and stuff like that. But to to now be able to think about, okay, if we've got a, a Teams meeting being recorded, it's generating a video, that content is potentially from somebody in, a, in an office location talking to somebody on a building site. You know, again, when you think about the workflow, you can then kick off with the video content, just having it in SharePoint light switches all of those scenarios the, the the horrible thing of needing to manually download the file and put it somewhere else from stream was always a blocker for people's adoption of of the clever stuff when it came to the, the teams meetings but i think now we've got a really good opportunity to do some cool cool and innovative things um again with video content and so we're talking about the in-meeting experience, and I know that the, from a developer perspective, there's some enhancements in, into the meeting canvas, to borrow a buzzword from Microsoft. And so, Wes, you told me you had did some research on that. Can you share what do you think is interesting about the meeting experience uh, from an extensibility point of view? Oh, yeah, yeah. So so for developers, this is, uh, you know, yet another bit of Teams that we can bolt some stuff into, which is cool. Um so meeting extensibilities kind of covering three core lifecycle events within a meeting. If you think about how a meeting uh, evolves, somebody sets the meeting up. So there's a kind of before state. So opportunities there, for, there as, a, as, a, as a developer is, well, we can enrich information ahead of the meeting. So, you know, we know the attendees. Can we go and find things out about the attendees? Bring that back to the meeting insight. Now, again, these are scenarios that some of the first party stuff does really well, like the LinkedIn integration. Um, collaborating before the meeting. So do we drive some kind of um, 
analysis of content? Is it a ticket that we're going to meeting to discuss? Do we bring the ticket information in? And again, in the sessions, they, they had some of their launch partners, some of the um, sites like monday.com and some of the, uh, you know, SaaS services that people as enterprises are using. You've got the drawing state. So we're actually in a live meeting like, like the one we're, we're recording this session via. And again, you know, how do you enrich that experience? What, what are the tools that you can bring to the tool belt uh, of the meeting live and, and in situ? Again, first party are already doing some really cool things. So Susie mentioned, you know, having the PowerPoint integration much tighter to the team's experience. And then finally is the meeting's finished. We're in the after state. What, you know, can we generate summaries? What are the key artifacts, follow up actions? I think there'll be, I think there'll be a, 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 a hundred examples of meeting agenda creation, to do task lists coming out the back of it. I mean, those things will be done by everybody because it's a really obvious use case. And, and, and that's, and that's cool. The, the meeting workspace the, comes back to life, right? <laughs> yeah. The meeting, yeah, I, I gotta say you, you and I are looking at that going, well, that was 2007. That, that's been, that's been a concept for a while. Um, so, so those three states are, 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 are are the kind of the positioning for the team's extensibility for, for meetings. And then you've got the way that we go about doing that. So bots and message extensions are the primary um, injection before and after and during. Uh, and then there's also this concept uh, concept of a task pane or a notification, which is a visual panel that happens. So, so let me sort of explain that to our listeners. The, the idea is that your app is just a normal Teams app manifest. It's got some new, uh, you know, details in it about the tab and the bot and stuff like that, that that it is. But fundamentally, a Teams manifest that there is today will get some extra bits and you just bolt your extra bits in. So you can take a, a tab experience. And in the before state, your tab experience might be... I don't know, let's just say it's your ticket system and it's just, this is the ticket number, the treble zero one that we're talking about and it's just displaying the full ticket. In meeting, that that tab becomes a, a 300 or so pixel right rail in like the chat window does in Teams and that, that app then becomes that form factor. We can also use the meeting notification. So um, the Teams SDK has been in, in enhanced with the idea that you can understand the role of somebody within a meeting. So if I'm the meeting organizer of this meeting, my little task pane on the right might have a button that says, you know, um, gather feedback. And I click that button and my app fires a little window into the middle of the Teams experience that has got a little five-star rating control. Everybody who's a, a participant, non-presenter, can fill that out and then it comes back to the app and we can do some stuff. So not only are we getting some UX surfaces to think about extending, but we're also getting this concept of combining that with knowing the role of the people across the meeting. So who's presenting, what is being presented, um, the role they are on the meeting itself. Are they an external guest? Are they an internal um, internal company person? Um, and, and as I mentioned, they're, they're all sort of from the enhanced SDK, the primary context that really um, you then looking at is a, is a context called the frame context. Um, and there's a couple of links. So um, 
for example, if you went to aka.ms forward slash create underscore apps underscore in underscore meetings, which is a bit of a mouthful, but that will that will drop you straight into the product documentation uh, that went live a couple of hours ago. So this, I think, is a is a really really cool um, developer surface um, for for us to. Uh, you know, as a developer community to go and look at because it gives us um, something we've not yet been able to do with Teams, which is really get involved during an active human meeting. The thing that I really like about this is, um, you know, we've, 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 we're all very, very aware that there are more people using Teams as a result of um, the, the response to COVID. And um, things like my analytics, workplace analytics, tells you um, how much time you might be spending in, in calls versus meetings. And we heard from Microsoft over the last few days that there are going to be questions at the end of each day for, to track mental well-being, the ability to join meditation and yoga classes at the end. And one of, one of the problems um, with that is... It's a little bit like being asked after you've purchased a car, did you enjoy the experience of dealing with our company? Um, you're, you're, you're being very retrospective and it's very generalized feedback. The great thing about the extensibility that Wes has outlined is that you can gather feedback as you're doing things. So um, we're talking at the moment to an organization that has a, a requirement for an experience for them to use with their suppliers and that they're trying to understand how they can get more out of their suppliers. I don't just mean more stuff for less money, um, but, I, but they're interested in tracking how does the supplier feel about working with us at the different stages of the project and are we clear about what we want? Uh, and the great thing, thing um, here is that the capability will allow for a meeting on project scope, for example, where the supplier can be asked at the end of it, how clear were we about what we were looking for, rather than the sort of quarterly business review where they go to the supplier and say, how were we this quarter? Did you Were we clear about what we wanted? And I think in the moment, feedback is always more valuable um, because it, it allows for connection between that feedback and certain people and certain types of project. And it gives you so much more insight into your own business. Um, so, so I'm very, very excited about uh, that capability, not just in terms of thinking about how we run our own business, but um, thinking about how we can use that, that um, availability to support our customers in understanding um, even more uh, about um, th their own business's performance and where it can be enhanced when, you know, um, people aren't physically together um, very often. Yeah, it seems to be a, tra a turning point or transition, right? Instead of using Teams just to facil facilitate uh, a distant meeting, let's use it to enhance it. So uh, that that is that is um, that is great to see. Now, the you know, when we're talking a lot about this um, in meeting experience and 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 so on, the the other enhancements that uh, they've announced the other big one i guess is microsoft search coming in to teams which has there's always been a search in teams and a varying degrees of success and so what uh, what is interesting is that 
the search results page that you're familiar with portal.office.com or on SharePoint is coming into Teams. And I guess yet to be seen will be how relevant the search results will be. Uh, but, but Susie, let's just kick to you. What's your thoughts on how Microsoft Search is going to help us when we're in the middle of a Teams meeting or just trying to find stuff after the meeting is over? Well, I, I think the ability to search um, specific chats and specific channels is dead useful um, because quite quickly, if you're, if you're working um, within those contexts, a lot of content can build up. Um, so I think that's helpful. Um, I, I'm More is not always more. And um, I'm a little bit nervous uh, about having a search surface that covers everything plus, 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 which seems to be where we're going because it dilutes the relevancy uh, of of the results that you're getting. Um, We have a mirror problem, um, and I will bring it up at this point because there's never a good time to bring up things that (laughs) um, I think are are confusing. But, uh, you know, I was watching a session about um, uh, Yammer over the last couple of days, and there are now going to be at least four ways to consume a Yammer conversation in Teams um, through the the Yammer app, which can go into Teams in the left rail, um, tabbing in a specific Yammer conversation, um, tabbing in a SharePoint page that has a Yammer feed on it, or um, having a a SharePoint site in the left-hand rail that happens to have Yammer on it. And for me, there's the same problem in in both scenarios, search and Yammer being everywhere. Uh, I think as a community, we need to be clear on what we, when we talk about an integrated experience as being a good thing, I think we need to be clear on what that means. Um, Does it mean we get the same content in a hundred different places Or does it mean you can get something in one place, but everybody knows what that place is? Um, I think, based on what's going on, Microsoft are reading it as the former, but from being on the front line with customers, I think, certainly from my experience, the preference is potentially on the latter part of that, which is clarity around where to find things. Um, and so, you know, the fact I can get Yammer four different ways in Teams or the fact I can search for anything through Teams, how do I feel about that? I feel like I'm going to get loads and loads of stuff back. And if I'm working in a large business um, where there are potentially thousands of people doing a similar job as me, um, how useful is it are these things going to be? Um, I, I don't know. And I you know, we're clearly going to be doing a lot of work with with these two services over the coming months. It will be interesting to see um, through the course of implementation um, how we can get these experiences to to deliver value. Well, it's it's. I mean, it's no it's no different to the experience that you you think about today. You know how how good is search? Well, in my experience. 
search is really, really, really good. It's today highly contextual to where I am and what I'm doing. Um, in you know, teams, teams hones in on conversation. It hones in on content in teams. Yammer just does Yammer. Office.com does pretty much files, conversations, inbox. You, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense where you are. It prioritizes the type of content. I think where um, where people miss a trick with with using Microsoft Search is, firstly, if you're not using the the latest of the Edge browsers and you haven't got your Office 365 Office homepage as a default tab, you're immediately spending more time finding things than you probably should because it gives you the top 20 documents you've been touching in in the you know most recent first it gives you the sites that you've just been to it, it really hones in on the office 365 content and there's a search box there that if you type in it immediately goes and searches inside your office 365 experience combine that with a windows 10 search box which most people are still just typing Word or Excel or PowerPoint or Outlook into. If you if you want to find something, those are, those are two really quick ways of getting to a search box that gives you the content. So I think there's you know there's this idea that that, that that Teams Teams is the single pane of glass, but but actually in my experience there's there's two bits before it where you can get a, a decent search experience. You know, you've got the Windows search experience and you've got the, the Edge browser search experience and both of those can see inside Microsoft 365 platform. It isn't it isn't this thing where you've got to go somewhere and then you get the search result. It's like, no, I can literally press my start bar right now and I can find an email in my Outlook because I've got that hooked up. And and that that isn't shown to many people. It's a it's a it's a feature that's often overlooked in favor of the easier things to, to talk about, you know, like, like teams. I think the um, solution to everything being everywhere on the one hand, and the other, on the other hand, there being lots of different services that that people are expected to navigate between, is the um, pre-can templates uh, that um, have been showcased extensively over the last three days as well templates for Teams, but also templates for SharePoint, where actually the organization can pretty much say, if you're after this sort of client team or product team or um, client or product site, grab this one. And it already puts that right experience together. Um, it, it is the solution to a lot of the challenges of um that Microsoft have because of the way these services have evolved or been acquired and, and brought together into the platform. Um, what 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 do you think, Wes, about um, the, uh, the, the 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 team search experience announcement specific? Well, I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think I think you know the. The whole, uh, the the you know the sort of north star, as Microsoft would say, of of that search experience is it's pervasive. It's the same experience, but it understands the context that you're you're searching within. So, if you're in Teams, this is where it gets tricky because Teams is a little bit more of everything. If you're in SharePoint, you're searching files and pages, and maybe a bit of people on the side. But when you're in Teams, you've got meetings you've got 
or everything in SharePoint. You've got other apps that you're part of. You've got a lot of stuff. It is a bit like going to the search box in the browser and going, hey, I want to find stuff and then um, bring it together. So so I think I think they they will do an intelligent job and delivery of that. The demonstrations we've seen um, over the last couple of days have, have already given me some comfort that there's a lot of effort that's gone into it. I think the... Um, you know the, the the combination of how content is now being brought into Teams is beginning to evolve. I mean, we saw the the the, the SharePoint uh, Home app being brought in. You know how how do you do you think uh, you know as a someone that's going to go out and consult on these things? How do you, you think you're going to solve the problem of? It's on your intranet. What does that mean? Does that mean we go to the Teams app and search in the text top text box and type it, and we get a site, and then we click on that, and that goes to the home app? You know, it's these are not these are not new problems. These are problems that face everybody every single day, and even on the phone, right? You you do a search on the precious Siri or your. Uh, um, you know, Google Assistant and you ask it a question and it goes, well, I've got an answer here and I've got an answer there and I've got an app there and you, you have to make an active decision. So I think I think, I think, think it's good that they're, they're improving the search experience. Do I think it makes it easier for anybody? I think it's a one to, it's a, it's on a one per individual level of how, how experienced they are doing searches. I, I, I think it's going to continue the legacy of Microsoft in which they are horizontal applications. So they want to be everything for everyone across you know, the fund foundation. So to Susie's point about Yammer, there's four ways to do Yammer. I am no doubt convinced that's because if I'm new to Microsoft 365 and Teams is where I'm at, bring, having a uh, an enterprise communication platform like Yammer in Teams is great. But if I'm a legacy company that's been using the Yammer website for 100 years now, and my folks are, that's where they, people want to see or that's where they're familiar with it. Microsoft wants to be all things to all people, I think. So that's kind of be an onus then on us implementers to give a clear path to how it works for our organization and how our employees or coworkers can get the best out of it. That's the same story it's been since day one, right? Yeah. And I think there's also a question now of does it matter anymore? Because, um, you know, again, one of the demonstrations in the last few days was um, a note that had been sent it by person A uh, in, in Yammer. Person B is working in Teams. It appears in their chat in Teams. Um, person C is in Outlook. That notification has also reached them in Outlook. And... Um, oh, I do that to Paul all the time. I call it the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> you know... Uh, but again, the, the, there's a pro and a con dependent on who you are. It's a pro if you're the person sending a message because you're a communicator and you, you want people to read it. There's potentially a con if you're somebody that's trying to get some work done and you've got pings coming up all around you um, because this Yammer note has gone to three different places, all of which you're logged into. This this happened to me not too long ago where I got an email because there was a conversation in Teams and it was in a tenant that I'm not normally in. So, oh, I missed a conversation in Teams. And when I go to Teams, it is a post that, oh, something's happening in Yammer that you haven't seen because you're never in Yammer. And then I go to Yammer and it's a blog post about 
oh, this page we posted in the tech community is interesting. I'm like, well, <laughs> if I had known in the email that I was going to end up in tech community, I could have saved myself some time. So I, that's what I, I I'm a little scared about how everything everywhere is going to just increase the noise. And that's that's my point about we need to make sure we educate our 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 user community about what we think works best or or what the expectation is. Did you see the the really cool? Did you see the really cool feature? I mean, we we haven't really touched on the, the SharePoint innovations. I, I I think they've got they've got some new web parts. They've got the people, uh, you know, the org chart. They've got some um, collapsible zones in the in the sections now, which is pretty cool. But one of the things that um, struck me as a, a a really nice innovation was boosting of news. So, you know, for a duration, you can boost news and uh, influence its ranking across and then it drops away again, which is, you know, a communication team is a a common ask. So I think, you know, when we think about um, guaranteed delivery and things that the communications teams need, still very much in the Yammer and SharePoint space. I mean, Teams is very much a getting work done, not uh, a communication platform. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying about uh, sh- about the SharePoint announcements, and there were some absolute corkers um, of the boost feature. My particular favourite was boost until read, because the compulsory read requirement is 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 one that comes up all the time. Um, but but to to your point, you know, do you need to push everything everywhere if you've got capabilities like boost? Um, you know, you can't control the level of importance of someone's Yammer message. So why are you forcing somebody to read it in Outlook and Teams? Um, and that's the bit that concerns me. Some a client, um, this is about three weeks ago, said to me um, that the challenge we have with um, Teams is when you see the notification go off in the top left row in the activity you feel compelled to have a look and to see what it is. And her feedback was that within her team, people felt it was raising their anxiety levels and they were continuously coming out of the productive work they were doing to check the activity in case it was important. They don't want to miss something from their boss, Um, but it's stopping them being productive. And I think this is so important because if the point of all this is to help people be more productive, how sure are we we're not going to start damaging those levels of productivity by pinging messages into every possible service that that person could be in? And the thing with it, it the example that, that, that was given was very clean. It was, oh, you know, Tom, Dick or Harry is in Outlook and they've received this in Outlook. But certainly the, the reality of working across services, you've got Outlook open and you've got Teams open. And you've got SharePoint open. It's not, you don't have one thing open anymore. Um, so you can imagine that if organizations are feeling anxious because they've got an activity notification going off, imagine if the ping goes off in four different places. Uh, and so, so I just think we have to be careful. Be, be Like I said, I think we have to be careful here about whether what we're asking for is clarity about where we can get things or whether we're asking for ubiquity, which for most people now is going to mean repetition because people are in teams. We've seen the adoption figures. Everyone's got that service open and Outlook. 
Um, uh, and, and what does that mean for how people are actually going to experience these things? Helpful or nuisance? You know, it gets back to remote work is different and you have to figure out how to do it. I personally have experience in how to get attention of the boss, even though he's six time zones away. <laughs> and that's a skill that I've honed after remote work for a couple of decades. And I think that uh, to your point about what's the, I don't want to miss a, a message from the boss. Maybe you should have talk with your boss about, Hey, what's the best way to get a hold of me if it's urgent versus if it's something I just need to know later. So uh, I think Microsoft's going to give us every single tool we could imagine and how we use those tools is up to us and our, our small work group, our larger collaborative group, and our enterprise-wide community, we have to figure this out and it gets back to communicate, ex setting expectations. Right? And I think, I think the one thing that will support that figuring out is the uh, increased, um, I'll call them 101 because they don't involve an additional license purchase, um, but the, the 101 metrics that are going to be available from Microsoft out of the box. So, um, Wes was talking earlier about meeting insights and the pre-canned examples that Microsoft shared showed uh, a number of analytics views on that meeting to understand how many people were asking questions, how engaged were they, when did they drop off, um, not to mention you know how people are answering polls and how many people are doing that. But within SharePoint as well, um, there's uh, been an announcement for insights for communicators um, to, again, try and measure reach, impact and engagement. And that they're really um, delivering on this because they're delivering analytics insights that clients have been asking for for ages, um, dwell time uh, on pages, uh, heat map views uh, of interactions. Um, and, these, and these are all things that people want to know about when they're trying to understand how useful content is. So I understand that an organisation... Um, from the starting block can send any message anywhere. They've got insights and analytics to understand what's working. I just think those early days for organizations that are, that are new to the journey could be quite bumpy if um, internal teams decide everything everywhere is a good way to start. Um, so perhaps uh, as implementers, that the lesson here is, we need to guide people to trial one thing at a time and to show some restraint rather than getting excited at the thought that their corporate news can be read immediately in eight different places. Um, although I think that will be a tough battle to fight because clearly um, communicators have their own objectives um, and, uh, you know, how at odds that is with people's desire to be productive remains to be seen hey if you want to be productive a lesson i learned a long time ago is just don't turn outlook on do it twice a day a, a grand position to have when you're a company director i'm not sure your standard your sort of office junior can quite uh, get away with that as an explanation when their line manager's asking them why they haven't done something well, these are all, all great food for thoughts, and and we didn't even get into the Power Platform yet, so we'll we'll leave that for another episode. Uh, I think uh, this was some great improvements coming in out of Teams. Nice to see what's out there, and lots of struggles ahead for those of us trying to adopt it and get folks on the right way. Um, any other final thoughts from uh, you two? 
Uh, no, I, I'm just really, really pleased with um, what we've seen from from Microsoft Teams um, with the enhancements to meeting recordings, together mode, custom layouts. Um, we didn't even get into the new uh, Power BI Data Insights, which is another brilliant thing. I'd strongly recommend people um, take a look at. Um, but I, but I do think it's also raised a, a, a big question about. Um, how an organization continues to be productive and keep people happy with technology um, with all these different opportunities for ubiquity becoming available. I think Teams is going to need uh, some selected ringtones like your mobile phone. I've heard a few uh, anecdotal jokes in, in, in pubs and bars and restaurants about, um, you know, the dreaded Teams ring uh, has become has become the uh, as the joke, you know, because we're now doing quizzes on Teams after after work calls with our family on Teams, you know, Teams needs a Teams needs a selectable ringtone. I think is a is a feature that many many are now asking for. And on that note, we'll leave folks to go figure out what that noise is coming from the computers, and we'll <laughs> chat next time. <laughs> The New Habits Podcast is produced by Add-in365. Thank you to Victor Villain for participating. Please leave a review in iTunes along with a five-star rating. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening.